Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Welcome back to Play Tessie. It is episode 24, the Manny Ramirez episode, and I'm leaving it at that because Manny is my favorite Red Sox player of all time. The GOAT of my childhood. No one had a better swing. Made me fall in love with the game. I'm here with Sammy, here with Pat. It's Gordo talking here. You're listening to Play Tessie. It is the official podcast of turning off your ice maker when you're out of town. Highly recommend it. Also known Ooh. as the official Red Sox podcast of WEI, the Red Sox radio network. Gentlemen, back to that. Definitely recommend turning off your ice maker when you're out of town. That shit over. I was just going to ask a follow-up on that. That sounds absolutely horrendous. Yeah. yeah I mean, luckily, Did you I mean, have a 10-pound ice block in your freezer? Well, it just like there's like a little uh I don't want to call it a bucket. It's like a half bucket and like it allows for the ice to overflow. Uh we weren't away all that long. It was maybe like four or five days, maybe four days. So it wasn't that bad. But like if you don't touch the ice maker for four days and you're not taking ice from it, like that thing just and our freezer's pretty packed anyway. Just turn it off when you're out of town. Word of advice from Gordon to you. Turn it off. Got it. Will do. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, since we last recorded, God, I mean, what was it? Hour, hour and a half, not even an hour and a half after we finished recording the last episode, Teoscar Hernandez signed a one year, $23.5 million deal with the Dodgers that had $8.5 million deferred. Uh, yeah, the Sox were reportedly interested there, and uh, it was pretty heavy interest if you were following along early. And according to Chris Cotillo, that changed as soon as Giolito signed with the Sox. They had a two-year, $28 million deal on the table at some point, but their interest kind of petered by the end. Uh, God, he... It depended on who you asked whether you thought Teoscar was a good fit, but I think a lot of people were interested in the, in him on a three-year or less deal, add some power to the lineup, a guy who can play the field, like actually play the field, and you're not going to be worried about it play put maybe push masa yoshida to dh but evidently he goes to the dodgers uh yet another example of the red sox being interested in a player and not following through with a legitimate offer that the guy had a reasonable chance of accepting uh we're going to talk about jorge soler but i want to give you guys a chance to give your thoughts on teoscar before we move to soler uh, i'm really just happy to see the dodgers finally make a splash it's been a while <laughs> Uh, that fan base is deprived 
of anything to cheer for. So really happy for the Dodgers and Dodgers fans. It's about damn time. As for the Red Sox, I don't really care. I think it's a little bit of a bad look to say they were in and then couldn't hit the dollar amount, but like, whatever, man, how many times how, can we keep getting upset about the same thing? I was never in love with the idea of Teoscar. He's kind of a guy I had to talk myself into. He's kind of like the Imanaga of hitters. I had to do some mental gymnastics to, to myself to figure out if I like the idea of this player on the Red Sox. And, you know, I'm not exactly heartbroken out of it. I think it would have been a nice fit, but whatever. It's Teo. Yeah. I think my most frustrating aspect of it is Teo is the exact profile of a player that you feel so comfortable overpaying for one year. Yeah. And for weeks now, we've heard they were heavily involved, legit interest, ongoing talks, like all this stuff. Like, honestly, like people are like saying that 23.5 is crazy. Um, I, I kind of coming to the offseason thought like 18 to 20 was pretty fair AAV, but that was also expecting kind of multi year. So, higher than that for one year, I don't think is all that unreasonable. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they went one year 24, like I, I wouldn't have hated it. And I, I don't completely understand why, if he was willing to settle for a one year deal, why was this not done weeks ago? Especially if he was willing to, if you didn't have to substantially outbid, if you went up to 24, if you matched 23.5, like if that was something that got him in a Sox uniform, I don't know how you're not comfortable, at least with a one-year deal. Like there's no risk with a one-year deal. Exactly. That's 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 the most frustrating part is that it's a one-year deal. And I think super... Not not calling anyone out or anything. I'm super disappointed to see Red Sox fans be like, "Oh, whatever, that's an overpay anyway." So, yeah, we got to get rid of that mindset. It's first of all not your money. Second of all, one year deal. Third of all, I don't even know if that's a phrase. You, if things go south, you can trade Teoscar and his money any point in the season, as long as you're under the luxury tax when it ends. It doesn't matter. You can go over to start the season and then under. And then you are still considered a team under the luxury tax. So back to the one-year thing. Very rarely would I agree with any scenario where a one-year deal is an overpay. It's off the books in 365 days. Who cares? Especially like if it doesn't even put you over. I just don't get that mindset. I feel like we've been not brainwashed, but we've just been conditioned to care about the money way more than we should. If you want to say, we know they want to stay under the tax. Okay, that's one thing. But like 23 and a half million for a guy who's like pretty much a lock to hit 25 plus home runs. He's going to drive in a lot, plays defense, good speed. He's a good player. He makes your team better and he serves a need. Why are we so focused on like penny pinching? I just don't get it. It's frustrating. I I sound like an old guy. I miss the old days when they'd actually spend. I do. It's just disappointing. But you know what? Actually, this is actually the worst part. Nobody should be surprised. I don't think anyone is surprised. Yeah, no, not, not at all. But nobody's shocked about it, and that's what's the real deflating thing. And I just I feel like the issue that because I at the beginning of the offseason, I, I called Teoscar Hernandez like my free agent to avoid. And granted, when I said that, I thought he was going to get like four years seventy. Ends up with one year twenty three and a half. I think the yeah. worst part about this is not 
the fact that they missed out on a player. And it obviously depends on how you look at it. I think you guys generally agree with me on this, that I would rather have a big bat in that DH spot than a guy who can play the field. Like I would rather have 35 homers and a guy who is exclusively a DH than 20 homers and a guy who can play the field. So there's other options. Like there's plenty of bats out there like Jorge Soler, Reese Hoskins, Justin Turner, Adam Duvall. Like we could keep going. There's guys out there trade for Harold Ramirez as uh, Sean McAdam and Chris Cotillo talked about on their podcast that dropped uh, on Tuesday. The most concerning part of this for me is the fact that, like you said, Sammy, it's a one-year deal. There's no risk there. The reason that yeah. they were not willing to touch one year, 23 and a half is because there, there's only one reason. There can only be one reason. If they liked Teoscar Hernandez as much as it's been reported that they do, the only reason that they would stay away from a contract like that or making an offer like that would be if they just want no part, not just of going over the luxury tax, but of touching it. And that's what scares the shit out of me. Because I think you're right, too. Because and, and a lot of people will say, no, no, it's because they're planning to do XYZ and they need the money because they want to stay under. I think it's more simple. I think it's what you said. I think it's just they want to stay under. I'm not convinced that there's any other follow-up move coming. I would love to be wrong. I would love if Jorge Soler signed in the middle of recording this, but I just, they've done nothing of late to inspire any sort of confidence in the fan base aside from a pretty much a one-year deal to Giolito. So why would we, why would we think otherwise? They got to show us. Yeah, they no, they sure do. And Sammy, I'll, I'll take it even a step further because if they're, if their intentions, if it if it would look like their intent was to spend up to the luxury tax and just not go over, or to be like six million below and add in season if they contend, I could accept that because let's be honest with ourselves. This was a last place team last year. They have a core that's developing. It's not a team where you make one or two moves and all of a sudden they're World Series contenders. So I could understand, like, I would, if they were honest with the fans, and I tweeted about this, if they were honest with the fans and told us, hey, we're one more year away, we're building this, like, we're going to spend and try to compete, but we're not going to go over because we think that 25 and 26 are our years. That's what the Mets did. And I know their fans aren't accepting that, but, and I don't know if our fans would, I would. I I would, if, if they were honest and said that, I would accept it. But my my fear here is that if the luxury tax is in the high 230s, I think it's around 237. I could be a, a million or two off. I'm worried that they're setting themselves a budget at like 200 or 210 and it's mm-hmm. significantly under. And last year they were they had a budget of 225, which was 8 million under the tax. Maybe it's maybe it's more this year. Maybe it's even more under this year. I, I, that That's where my fear is right now. You're more lenient than I am because I think it's a, I think it's kind of a joke to not go over it. Period. You have so many glaring needs. You have so much space. There, well, there still are a good amount of free agents available. Not the same caliber as like Yamamoto and everything, but like, there's multiple tiers of the luxury tax. You're not even going to go over the first one. Like, I don't know. It's so tepid. It's such a shift in philosophy. It feels. It's frustrating and. I feel like we always try to justify it somehow, not to defend the Red Sox, but to ourselves. Like, well, maybe next year, well, maybe it's like, how long can we kick the can down the road? But 
luckily, you know, the saving grace right now is it's only January 9th. So I think none of us are in panic mode. I've seen a lot of people who are well into panic mode, but man, Imanaga comes off the board. Maybe Solaire goes somewhere else. It's hard not to panic. Hoskins, I don't think is going to happen. I feel like he's too rich for uh, what the Red Sox are willing to pay. Who else, who else is still out there? Turner, we've heard is not going to happen. JD, JD Martinez. Heard a word. Oh no, I love JD, but that's, we want that versatility. And like, I would say Solaire is kind of like the lowest you can go in terms of like a guy who can play defense if he needs an actual upgrade too. like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road with available H track, all wheel drive and three row seating. My whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. True. Can but, we talk about something? You you brought it up, Sam. You're like, you said maybe Jorge Soler signs when we're recording. How many, we record this show three days a week. I know. And we have been recording this thing since basically... I mean, we we started at some point in November, but I think we started before the first free agent signed. Yeah, because Aaron Nola signed after we had started this show. Can we talk about how there has not been one instance of breaking Red Sox news on this show? The closest thing we had to it was Andrew Bailey's press conference when we were reading the quotes. And I don't think that's not breaking news. That's just him doing a press. Like we, We've had, well, great. I guess that part of it is because the Red Sox haven't done that much, but we haven't even have had like a report of interest, like a new, oh, new John Heyman report drops Red Sox interested in, in this guy. Like we haven't had any of that. And we've all got our notifications on. If it happened, you would, we would be talking about it on the show. We great also, that Brad Foe spoke with Andrew Bailey today. So there you go. There we go. But we also have had like shit luck. Like the Verdugo trade went down, I think, all of three minutes after we stopped recording. That was the worst. Does the baseball world hate play Tessie is the question. That's I think, the question. I think Breslow's got our computers tapped, or at least one of them. I think he's got it yeah. tapped. Because the Verdugo thing, maybe maybe when I was at the winter meetings, they tapped my computer. Because Plus, that I was crazy. That I like. We shit you not. We finished recording. It's like 9-something p.m. I'm starving. I haven't eaten since lunch. I finally get in line to get some food. And that passing bomb drops. And it's like, okay, right back to it. That was wild. I think, I, yeah, I think it's my fault. I think my computer's tapped. But let's uh, let's talk some Solaire. Yes. Because that is, I want to say, the hot rumor as it pertains to the Red Sox right now. Uh, just yeah. after... Just after Teoscar signed his deal with the Dodgers, Hector Gomez comes out and tweets that the Red Sox have ramped up their efforts for Jorge Soler, and he went as far as to call them the favorites to sign him. Uh, Cotillo, the next day, kind of walked... I don't want to say walked it back because he didn't report it, but like he, he kind of tampered expectations, saying that nothing was close and that many teams were in on him, including the Jays, D-backs, Angels, Marlins. And then Craig Mish today on Twitter said that Jorge Soler is going to get a two-year deal and it's not going to be from the Marlins. So that's as, as of 6 50 PM when we're recording the show, that is the Jorge Soler update we have. I think there were, there was some people on Twitter saying that his market could move quickly uh, after Teoscar signed, but it's been 
now just about two days and it hasn't happened. So we'll see about that. Uh, well, if the reporters say that his market's going to move quickly, I'm inclined to believe it because everyone's been dead on accurate with their reporting all off season long. Yep. There's no missteps. No Shohei's a blue Jay guys. Yep. Shohei's on his way to Toronto. The Red Sox are about to sign Teoscar Hernandez. Friggin' Yamamoto's dead set on New York. You can see the flight tracker in the background. He's a Met. He's a Yankee. Nope, he's a Dodger. So um, my, my, my actual thoughts on Solaire, I think, and I hate to say it, I don't think he's as good of a fit as uh, Teoscar Hernandez with the Red Sox, but way more fun. Way more fun if the Red Sox add Solaire. He is so cool. Just the look, like he's friggin' huge. He's 6'4", like 230. Dude's a tank. He hits bombs. I said today on Twitter, they might have to repaint the monster after every homestand if they get Solaire. Just dude's a monster. And I know he's got his issues. Not a great defender. Strikes out a bit. But who cares, man? At this point, just get me someone. Just get me someone exciting. I I would love if they got El Yo-Yo. Yeah, I think uh, I touched upon it last time, but like I was saying, the Sox have like zero edge right now. Like there is no one on this team that has swag. Like no one's a bastard, dude. Like we just need someone to go out there and be a bastard. Like rattles, like ah, oh, ruffle some feathers, dude. Solaire's not a bastard, but Solaire has some fucking swag. Yeah. That guy is a drip god. I want that man, <laughs> like six chains. Hitting in the three hole. The best home run celebration was the World Series one. Him in Atlanta. Oh. Hits about a 705 foot home run, just turns to the dugout, drops the bat, flexes, and then goes on the base path. Come on, dude. I you're like 700 is not enough. I gotta throw an extra five. 705. Like, oh like I would love like even if the team stinks, they might be fun. And that's it's not all I ask. I ask that they'd be good, but it would Hanley make it, vibes. it would, yeah, it would make watching them a lot more. Exactly. Hanley yeah. vibes. Hanley Ramirez. Like, kind of like, like, yeah, maybe he's not the perfect player. Maybe the team's not that great, but man, this guy's so much but fun. God <laughs> damn. Does this guy have fun? Yeah. Once in a while, he'll just hit a friggin' nuke, like straight away center field, 425 feet, something crazy like that. But um, yeah, I, I really, I've been up and down on Soler. I know, Initially, he was my guy, and then I said, I kind of don't want him. I'm back on board now. I just <laughs> – I need some action in this offseason. It's been so freaking boring aside from the sale and the sale trade and the Giolito signing, which was like a two-day span. Oy. With with Solaire, too, because you you could argue – Either way, what what do the Red Sox need more from that spot? Like, it's do they need a three hitter, like an actual freaking three hitter, or do yeah. they need someone who can get Yoshida off his feet and maybe move to right field every now and then, or maybe he's got versatility to put the infield? Like, for me, and I think you guys agree with this. I want a freaking hitter. I yeah. God, I see, and like Adam Duvall was great last year when he played in spurts sometimes he was awful sometimes he was the best player on the team the other one that was brought up today uh was harold ramirez and i i touched on that a little bit or alluded to it before what? but if you're he's he's a trade candidate from the rays and mcadam and Catillo were talking about it on fenway rundown that like he could be an interesting target and they downplayed the possibility that it could happen because 
Um, Nick Adam was talking about how the Rays are probably going to be looking for young pitching considering their entire staff is dead. But when I think about who do I want on this team, Soler or Harold Ramirez, especially considering Soler is going to take a two-year deal, I I swear, I exactly. could give less of a shit about the versatility. I really could. Like, I, I agree. It's a tiebreaker for me. That It's it's a type Like, Teoscar is going to hit. 25 to 30 homers. Soler is going to hit 30 to 35. I under like I would have personally taken Teoscar because when it's that incremental, take the defense and take the speed. But the fact that the Red Sox need a three hitter. Like if you trade, if you sign Adam Duvall, and that is your final outfield slash DH addition, and you're going to use your resources, whether it be prospect resources or money resources, to get pitching. Your lineup is just not going to be good enough because you're you're either going to be entrusting that three hole into Duval, who is really hit or miss, or you're going to do entrust it into Trevor Story, who at his peak, the guy you signed him to be, is good enough to do that. But from what we've seen last year and for a lot of the year before that, he just he's not been that guy offensively. I think that's such an important spot to fill. And like some of the guys that they're considering fill it well, if the Jorge Soler stuff is real, he would fill it despite some of the down years. And like, obviously I'm a, I'm a little bit worried about that possibility as well, but like he's got 35, 40 homer potential. That's some fear in the middle of your lineup. And Oh my God, do they need that from the right-hand side? <laughs> yeah. Gordo, you, you kind of alluded to this with Duvall uh, when you mentioned him, he was good last year. I think we all agree. I think we all like Adam Duvall, good guy and everything, but he was your sixth or seventh hitter. And he's kind of sort of a platoon guy. And he's going to turn 36 this year. I like the guy, good player. I don't want him batting third. If he's batting third for you, there are big time issues. Like that's not at all an ideal place to be. I also don't want a guy named Harold batting third. Oh, I love that Sorry. name. What are you talking about? It's the best part about him. Come on. Oh, I don't want. Oh, oh, uh oh. Here he comes coming up to the plate. It's Harold. Harold. No. They no, would call him Harold. They would Solar call Harold. him. The... He'd be the Boston Harold. Come on. Harold. Here I come. I'm Harold. No. I'm Harold Farnsworth Ramirez. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't but... want Harold batting third. I'm sorry. He can bat six or seven, but no Harold's in the three hole. Yeah, I'm just looking at Harold Ramirez's numbers. And so last season, he had 12 home runs, 68 RBI, uh, doesn't strike out a lot, 79 strikeouts, 313 average, 353 OBP, 125 OPS. Doesn't hit for power, hits for pretty good contact. The guy gets on base, I'll give him that. And people are like, oh, he's been really good the last two years. Do you know he's 29 years old? Yeah, he's almost 30. He's not a not to mention, if I read those stats without telling you who that was, you would be like, oh, that's Masataka Yoshida. It's the same. Ex- I mean, average is a little bit higher. OBP's pretty close. And then, like, d- walks and strikes out, doesn't really strike out. Like, if you're going to trade for that type of hitter for your three hole hitter, just put Yoshida there. We've got yeah. some breaking Wait, news. Just, We've got yeah. breaking news on the podcast. Dun, 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 oh, dun, dun. God. Yeah, we do. Breaking news. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Chicago Cubs have reached a tentative deal with Japanese pitcher Shota Imanaga. Ooh, that is the worst possible place for him to go other than like maybe Yankee Stadium. That is a tiny tiny ballpark and he is a fly ball machine i gotta that's bad oh man see th- this is why i was kind of so so with him on uh on the red Sox signing him because the fly ball rate also i believe don't quote me on this i believe it's somewhat of a dead ball era in japan and this guy yeah, is still giving up 50 what like 54 percent fly ball or 56 mid 50s that scares the shit out of me so i'm I would have been fine with the Red Sox signing Imanaga, but ooh, he's going to the Cubs. I just wanted to Good see what luck. the terms are. I, I don't I don't think there's any shot in hell he sniffed that hundred million that people were talking about. I think he falls in that eighty to eighty-five range. Yeah. Well that's I mean, I, that's an that's an issue for like hundred million was always insane. And like we're gonna talk and like then the then the deal terms are gonna come out and like maybe he signed for fifty and it's gonna change the entire scope of what this conversation should be. But this is a guy who I don't think anyone has been willing to tab him as a potential number two. I think some people have gone as far to say he's a number three, but most people are like, he's a number four with the upside of a number three. And I just don't know how a guy like that can be getting 80 plus million dollars, a hundred plus million dollars. Like maybe I said, this to someone on Twitter today. If, if the Red Sox, or maybe I didn't say it, I was going to say it. If I didn't say it, I was going to say it, but if the Sox were rolling out $300 million payrolls, sure. Invest 18 to 20 million on kind of a dart throw, but a guy you know is going to be at least a back end starter. Like you're not, it's not a guy who might get hurt and like just completely give you nothing. Like he's going to give you something. But if the Red Sox are making, we're, we're going to make this their big expenditure of the offseason. Like if you need to spend on the upper tier, echelon of guys if you're going to spend in over a hundred million dollars i don't understand I feel, spending a hundred plus million dollars on mediocre do you guys yeah. feel like this kind of increases the chances of uh like a big trade for someone like lazardo or cease yes. or significantly like montgomery or something like i'm not happy that the red sox missed out on imanaga but i'm not really moved one bit yeah i think i'm not honestly i guess to the point where i didn't really care about Imanaga if they signed him it was an upgrade cool but I had just this gut feeling that if they got Imanaga they were going to kind of call it quits on the rotation which I think would have been an absolute nightmare scenario so now they're in a position where all right if you're not going to pay Snell you're not going to pay Montgomery I pray to God you don't pay uh, Marcus Stroman so now you're in a position where you have no choice but but to trade for a starting pitcher and if you're going to trade for starting pitcher i feel like there's no reason to not go big or go home you don't have to spend money like you there you go oh man i can't and then also speaking of stroman real quick yeah i was thinking about imanaga today he literally is marcus stroman lefty stro yeah pitches to contact 
doesn't throw hard. He's a good locator. Like, would you pay Marcus Stroman $100 million right now? Absolutely not. Even two years so, ago, would you have? Even two years ago? No. I don't think I would have paid Stroman $100 million since his, like, 2016 year with the Jays when he was, like, an all-star, like, top 10 Jays. young guy. Blue Jays, Stroman, I would have been fine with, like, $100 million, Same. But Yeah. I just can't – I can't believe him and is going to the Cubs. I mean, I – but I hope he does well. I'm rooting for him. I think the Cubs are cool. I lo- loved Wrigley when I went there. But, dude, I don't know about that fit. That is a rough place to pitch. I mean, hitters love it, but pitchers. Oof. And yeah. it's a home run ballpark, too, I believe. It's not like Fenway where it's a doubles place because the monster is big and right field is huge. It's like the ball flies. I don't, I don't know if you guys remember Devers hit a home run at Wrigley last year. It looked like he barely made contact. And it still went out. Just yeah. the ball. So the that's windy the city. Best of luck to Imanaga. <laughs> he needed to go to. I, I don't know what the offers were, but he needed to go to the Giants. That, oh my god! He, like he actually might have been like. Uh, he might have actually been really good there. A fly he ball been pitcher, like a young candidate, in San Francisco. You know, I the reason, like I feel like we all kind of do this, like at the beginning of the off season. We were at like Yamamoto and Burns, or we riot, and like then we sold ourselves on pretty much every free agent. I never but, did that. To be clear, I never thought it was realist. I actually no, did. But point we point had point. high expectations. We yeah, had high I expectations. Get, uh, like Montgomery, and then another good pitcher, which I don't think is going to happen. I think no. we're going to get a, a underwhelming trade. I think Bayo is going to be the de facto ace. Hopefully it works out, but that's that's just where I'm at now. You know, things can change, yeah. but winter no, weekend yeah. is gonna be violent. I can't wait for winter weekend. It's gonna be real bad. Yeah. Well, we are what? Today, as we record this, it's Tuesday Tuesday. It's Tuesday as we record this, and winter weekend is a week and four days away. Yeah. They've Friday. got a week. We could, yeah. They've got a week and four days to make like a like a significant enough move, that place is going to be a hellscape, and it's just going to, to be a crockpot of bad vibes. Why don't Why don't we move on to your enough said? Because I know I saw the I saw the show sheet. I changed it. I changed it. Oh, okay. Well, you want to move on? That was going to be my enough said, but yeah, we'll we'll talk uh we'll talk winter weekend closer to winter weekend because we, I'm so excited. I know the vibe bolting, but. Yeah, we'll see our boy Chris Henrique. We'll oh, I'm excited. Well, I'm excited there. to see him. I love that guy. Yeah, it'll be fun. We'll have a good time. We had a good time last year. A little bit too much fun. But this year, we'll. Uh, I mean, I'll reel it in. But uh, maybe you guys go hard this year. It'll be fun. Man, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if you reel it in. Uh, I'm a, we'll I'm a see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Enough said. Yeah, yeah. No, Sammy, you, you want you want the first enough said? Yeah, mine is really quick. Uh, news broke Monday afternoon around like four o'clock uh heim bloom is being hired by the st louis cardinals in a advisory role i'm not gonna pretend i know what that means i don't think any of us have a clue what that means but on a base level he'll be advising the gm i think that's a good role for him right now i think someday he will parlay that into another gm-ish role but uh, in light of recent news with how the red sox are operating i think a lot of red sox fans have you know, shifted their perception of Heim Bloom and his tenure here in Boston. And 
you never heard a bad thing about the guy's personality. So I'm happy for him. I'm rooting for him. I hope he does well in St. Louis unless they're playing the Red Sox. So uh, good for Heim. Well-deserved. Yeah, I, I'm happy for him. And I think that's a good spot for him. And I know he, I think he gets to stay living at home in the Boston area while he does that job. And I read somewhere that John Moseliak, is that how you pronounce it? Moseliak? Moseliak, yeah. Moseliak said that he might just like step back after a year. And maybe this gives an opportunity for Heim Bloom to step in because this is a guy who's done a, done good work. He's young. He's got a lot on that resume. So yeah, if if we see Heim Bloom running the Cardinals in a year or two, I don't I don't think anyone would be shocked. And I hope he does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good for Heim. And like that's like a perfect like mid market team. Like if he can even do eighty percent of what he did to the Sox farm, like they're gonna be pretty set. And I think that's like a perfect spot for him. Kind of that mid market where you can perfectly kind of compound mid-level signings with a really loaded farm. I think, yeah, I agree with Gordo. I think he's going to thrive there. And if he's not running the show in St. Louis, he'll be running the show somewhere within the next two years. Yeah. And Pat, before we get to your enough said, I just thought it was kind of comical in a way that when the news of this broke, there were Cardinals fans like posting MLB pipeline, top 10 Red Sox prospects and being like, oh yeah, like, yeah, let's get this guy in. This is good. I loved that. That was great. But yeah, what do you, what do you got, Pat? You're enough said. So, I think I'm gonna sneeze. Do it. Sorry. Sneeze. Um, do it. If you do it, you have to keep the mic on. No muting. No, 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 no. I'm good. Um, we're not a hockey podcast. And we're not a Philly podcast. But did you guys see the Cutter Gautier trade yesterday? Yeah, I did. Kind of wild. So Cutter Gautier, Gordo, you look stunned. So I'll yeah, yeah. Mind. Fill me in, please. Cutter Gautier is a 2022. Uh, first round draft pick went fifth overall by the Flyers. He told the Flyers on draft night, I was born to be a Flyer, can't wait to be a Flyer, blah, 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 whatever. Yesterday, so he went back to BC that year, went back to BC this year. He got traded yesterday without ever suiting up for a Flyers affiliate. And it came out that he told ownership and management that he would not play for the Philadelphia Flyers. They forced, he forced the Flyers' hand to trade him. He's now like mortal, mortal enemy number one in Philadelphia right now. Came wow. out that he's not a fan of like a rookie GM and the coaching style, wanted out, like all this stuff. You blah, blah, blah. Story? Yeah. With Kevin Hayes. I don't think that, I think that's totally. I don't think that's true. Yeah. But so- there was a rumor that Kevin Hayes, because he's like on record saying that Kevin Hayes is like a mentor to him. And Kevin Hayes hated his time in Philly. And now all of a sudden this guy wants out. Mm. So tying this back in, I didn't know the J.D. Drew story about the Phillies. Were you guys aware of this? No. What's yeah. that? I don't, I don't even know. Out of out of school, he went to Arkansas, I believe. Somewhere, yeah. Sure. Arkansas, I believe. Um, was like Golden Spikes winner, like unanimous number one pick. Philly had the number one pick. He, in whatever year, was 1994 told him that he wanted an $11 million signing bonus as the number one pick specifically. So they would not draft him. They did draft him. They called his bluff. He did not budge on the 11 million. Philly got screwed out of the number one pick. He played indie ball. 
was drafted the next year and signed for like $6 million. And he was public enemy number one. And there was, I don't know if this happened or if this was a rumor thing to be happening, but they like threw batteries at him. Like his first Mm -hmm. time playing in Philly. Yeah. Jamie Drew. Yes, they said Cutter Gautier is going to get the battery treatment next time he plays at uh, uh, Wells Fargo. Yeah, it sounds like a really appealing place to play. I would want to play for those people. Yep. Uh, also, real quick, Gordo, the Red Sox, this is from Spear. Red Sox remained involved in the Imanaga bidding as recently as this morning, but had been described as, quote, doubtful to land him today. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that checks out. Whatever, that man. Checks out. Come on. If you, if you guys, if you're listening to this and you're not laughing at this at this point, it's funny. They're just these like the Red Sox are like this dork who's too afraid to talk to this girl that they want to ask to the dance. And then that girl gets asked to the dance and they have to pivot to a new dance partner. And they, oh, God, will you go to the deal? It's so embarrassing. I, I, I'm starting to just laugh at it. It's painful. Painful. Yeah. I don't they, there were those reports from Morosi and Heyman today, but that always kind of just felt like last second agent leverage to just get whoever they actually were going to sign them yeah. with up the offer. I, I mean, obviously, like I have an obligation to my like to my account, whatever, to tweet it out. But like I never had any belief that that was happening. But yeah, no, on to my enough said, uh, I don't know if you guys I, I hope you guys didn't see this tweet for me so I can get your honest uh, opinions on it. Who do you think is the most valuable Red Sox outfielder in trade talks? For the, who would other teams want the most out of Duran, Rafaela, and Abreu? Ooh, that's tough. I'd um, probably go Duran. Well, yeah, I'd go Duran because he's shown an ability to succeed at the major league level, whereas Willier, thick Willie, was really brief, and then Sedan didn't really look good in the majors when he came up. Yeah, yeah, I agree issues as well. So. I would think, I think it's yeah, yeah I would think Wanda, I would but... think maybe Rafaela just because of years of control and like legit gold glove caliber defense. But Duran has but five. I, I would. I know. Duran's got five would, years. Yeah, I would still lean Duran personally. Yeah, I I... Duran, Rafaela, Abreu, because Abreu was never a top prospect. He's kind of no. like risen up at the last second, but he's still he's not going to have that acumen that teams like so. Right. Yeah, Duran, Rafaela. I think that's close, but I'd do that order and then Abreu third. I would have thought that it would have been Duran by like a reasonable margin, then Rafaela, and then Abreu, like a reasonably distant third. But Cotillo and McAdam both think Rafaela is the obvious. I don't I don't want to say this. They're saying that other teams are the most interested in Rafaela out of those three. Miami and likes. We Rafaela. know Miami likes him. So we do know. We yeah, we we know Miami likes him. So I thought that was interesting. I've I've always been under the impression that like if you want to mean business this offseason without like putting your best offer forward, giving one of the outfielders and trying to put your best package together without giving up one of your big three prospects, that it would start with Duran. But if Rafael is more valuable than Duran, like by all means, like let me keep the guy who is freaking electric last year, the obvious leadoff hitter of the Red Sox. Uh, who's improving defensively and has blazing speed and five years of control. Yeah, I'll keep that guy. I'll keep that guy. Okay, yes or no. Uh, Rafaela for Edward Cabrera. Just yes or no. No. Uh, I would – fine, yes. Yes, I would do it. But I would I – would, I would, 
It's a caveat. I would go yes. and yes. explore all these other trades first. But if like I if like I can't get a reasonable deal for Lizardo or for Cease or for Framber, like all these guys, then yeah, like that would be my last okay. resort trade, and I would be happy with it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we'll we'll wrap it there. That those are our enough said's, and this has been Play Tessie. We were talking about no breaking news related to the Red Sox on this show, and then we got some that was maybe related to the Red Sox, but kind of not at all related to the Red Sox, but it still counts. Uh, Imanaga was going to be our second topic anyway, and then and then it just kind of happened. But yeah, wherever you're listening, make sure you subscribe, Spotify. Apple Podcasts. I live. I learned today that most of our listeners listen on Apple Podcasts. I listen to all my podcasts on Spotify, but I do Apple, Apple Podcasts. Apple yeah. Podcasts, and I listen back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Apple, <laughs> Spotify, Odyssey app, Google, anything. Subscribe wherever you are. It helps us out a ton. Like we love you double if you subscribe and rate us five stars. Uh, we love recording these shows. You love listening to them. Play Tessie is awesome. Make sure you sub. This has been Gordo. Sammy, Pat, had a good time talking some Red Sox DH3 hole hitter, some show to Imanaga, to the Cubs, and not to the Red Sox. Been a blast. So, yeah, just make sure you subscribe, and uh, then you'll get a notification for the next one, dropping in a couple of days. But till that happens, this has been Gordo, Sammy, and Pat. I'm Play Tessie. Toodaloo.